African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for giving us uh, your time on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Remember, on DSTV, you're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet, and you can also stream us live on our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Okay, you can actually Facebook live this conversation that we're happening, and uh, this is a miracle. All our three guests somehow decided to all agree to come to studio it really happens because it's either one call we are one person is going to be on the call so it's great to have three guests on the line we're all trying to fit in our little studio here so you can check us out on our channel africa facebook page and today we're going to be looking back at the brick summit we were broadcasting there for two days and it was a very interesting gathering indeed a lot of contradictions that unfolded there a lot of people asking the human rights questions around around China and Russia and uh, why doesn't uh, BRICS have that uh, human rights imperative on it. But also we saw uh, later in the summit in itself a huge uh, African presence there and a lot of uh, heads of state from African countries appealing uh, for BRICS to actually make the circle bigger and include them in their uh, inter-trade agreements. And it was very, very interesting. Well, to really unpack uh, uh, what what this uh, summit actually is going to actually represent moving things forward. We know that uh, we are in a very conservative and protectionist environment when it comes uh, to the economy. We know Donald Trump is leading uh, that pathway, but it seems like uh, uh, countries such as BRICS are trying to find alternatives on how to actually merge with other countries to actually stimulate their own economies. Well, uh, joining us uh, on, in our studio, we've got Ian uh, Cruikshanks, who's the chief economist at the South African Institute for Race uh, Relations. Also joining us back in our studio is Victor Homeswana, who is uh, the author of Africa is Open to Business, and also he is a public speaker on African business affairs. He's also a moderator of talks in different countries. He moderates a lot of these kind of conversations, so it's great to have him here. And I've got Jennifer Wells for the first time, who is an intern at Amnesty International South Africa. She focuses on justice and accountability. Thank you, everyone, for coming into our little studio and trying to squeeze in. So it is fantastic. Ian? Yes, may I just say first, sure. you know, uh, thank you for, for inviting the three of us. <laughs> you know, and you said, hey, we all got here on time. Hey, you should know, a call-in invitation from SABC is like a royal decree. You will be there. <laughs> thank well, you. thank you so much, Ian, for yeah. taking that invitation. But, Ian, what was your thoughts in terms of the overall summit and just how you viewed it from your perspective what stood out for you when you were looking into and gazing into the proceedings most important of all our president realized the importance of a global 
standpoint where he had global attention he could focus he could get the, the eyes of the world focusing on us and just not just on South Africa but on the BRICS complex so sure. I think this was very important it was very well done and look what it lent, led to very quickly maybe it was just a question of convenient timing but after all we now have significant working capital in addition to what we had before I was most impressed by their timing of the announcement of this and of actually getting it together mm. to me it's saying, to, to coin a phrase, Brick, uh, South Africa is open for business, sure. so is BRICS, sure. and that's been made evident, and I think we've, the, the, the eyes of the world are looking at a consumer society of a billion people. Yeah. There's a lot of potential spending power, and we've focused on that, and there's going to be a gain from that continent-wide. Do you think it was streamlined properly in terms of the priorities? I know uh, South Africa and uh, China were speaking a lot around uh, issues of uh, the energy industry, uh, especially with that big investment that South Africa ha- had to actually uh, create that boost for ESCOM due to the d- deficit and the mismanagement that we've seen historically in uh, ESCOM. But uh, it seems like also Russia was there trying to streamline things when it ca- came to the the steel um, industry, but also that uh, nuclear deal was also clarified. The fact that uh, our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, was highlighting the fact that that we're going to pause on that currently, right. and there was more clarification on that. That was very interesting. I happened to be watching the TV <laughs> when uh, Mr. Ramaphosa made the announcement, we can't afford it yet, yeah. and I was watching Mr. Putin. Very interesting. He was <laughs> not happy. Sure. He was quite the reverse of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a fact. At least South Africa has got into a, a state where we say, we can't afford it. We haven't got the money. Where's it going to come from? Well, they've organized a bit of that in, in, in friendly Chinese loans. Mm-hmm. But just on, the, on those Chinese loans, also bear in mind that uh, we don't know the terms of it yet. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if it is uh, commercially acceptable. Sure. But the fact is, it's an offer, and that's really what counts. And I think uh, it places us in a potential leadership position from an economic point of view, which is all important to South Africa within the BRICS group and within the continent of Africa. Let me come to you um, in terms of uh, the big issues that came out as well, Jennifer, which was uh, the human rights uh, values of some of the member states of uh, BRICS. There were a lot of people asking questions around China and also Russia that they don't have a great human rights record. We know um, uh, researchers from Civicus Monitor, China Human Rights Briefing have also indicated that you know China could be at the lowest in terms of human rights in this BRICS uh, formation uh, but that didn't really really change the direction of the talks it seems like those issues were put on the side yeah no I mean if you look at it this this is a momentous occasion where we've got these five countries and if you you know you think about it and if you really think about these countries Brazil Russia India China and South Africa you know they're not exactly going to be going and winning a medal for their protection of human <laughs> rights. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, if you look at it, given the glaringly obvious human rights violations that are happening within this block, the summit should have been an opportunity for these people to really put human rights at the forefront of their discussions. And it just, it seemed to be absent. You know, we've got these great powers coming together. You've got Russia, who has just enjoyed a month of worldwide attention with the World Cup. Mm. So the whole world is watching them. And no mention 
of of what's going on there. You've got right. human rights defenders in each of these countries consistently being attacked, harassed. Um, it's just a consistent pattern. And I think often with these kind of things, there tends to be... When the, when the focus is so much on an economic agenda, it tends to kind of overshadow mm. the human rights issues. Mm. And if you really think about it, these things are not mutually exclusive. Mm. You can't have economic development without human rights protection or, you know, making sure that, that, that that's going on. So it's, it's, it's not a conversation that can be had mm alone these sure. things are, are yeah they work most together. of the time they are interlinked but it's not that easy um uh, you know coming to you in terms of uh, the, the fact that you know victor it's difficult for countries to negotiate under that atmosphere of trying to um deal with human rights violations when they are trying to get an in- economic imperative or an economic uh, outcome we thank you, Benjamin. By the way, we are all here because you are a good host. So <laughs> don't worry. About, don't worry. About, we will come if you are a good host. And the last time I was here, I said, I'm going in. I'm thank you so it. much, Victor. Okay, let, let's put it in context. I agree. Human rights are just as important. But if you look at some of the countries that are trying to get in on the economic growth game, mm. you can equate them to guys who are living on the street. Yeah. If you're living on the street under Joe Slovo Drive mm. out in Hilbra and you are struggling to, to occupy a spot mm. <laughs> because that's the warmest spot on a coldest night mm. and you're hungry and you don't have clothes mm. and you don't have... Chances are you will say, let me first survive. And often that survival will come at all costs. Sure. So it doesn't mean you don't care about other people. It doesn't mean you don't want human rights. It simply means where you are, it's either survival, and then you can talk about human rights, Mm. or you'll never have to worry about human rights again because Mm. you're dead. And if you look at some of the countries, South Africa in the BRICS equation, Mm. I equate it to that guy in a WhatsApp group who never... (laughs) posts anything sure and when they post they don't get any likes they don't get anybody <laughs> responding sure because by all measures we are the smallest we sure. don't count let's yeah. not fool ourselves mm. we don't count the reason we are in the BRICS equation in the first place which by the way is not like brazil russia india china got together and said let's form BRICS. Mm. we were created by another whatsapp group administrator called mm. jim o'neill mm. at goldman sachs and mm. why was he doing that at an investment bank he was saying hey we need to start getting wise about the emerging markets and know which emerging markets are going to dominate. Sure. It was about making sure that their clients are going to be invested and are making a good return mm. in emerging markets. Sure. And he created the BRIC mm. equation. And now, when people looked at B, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, they said, but wait a minute, how can you talk about these four countries mm. And not include that continent, which Mm. is just as big in terms of population and even bigger upside potentially economically Mm. Mm. than Russia and India and China and Mm. Brazil. Mm. Unfortunately, that continent was not one country. And so I suppose BRICS looked around and said, well, who do we bring into the equation? Mm. Funny, they went to the country that's among the best when it comes to human rights. I'm talking now by African standards. We at least have a constitution. We have respect for media rights. Mm. We have some 
just judicial system that works. Sure. Right? So although we are not the best, I agree with Jennifer, we're not going to win our wars because we still have children being raped mm-hmm. and women being killed by their mm-hmm. partners. But at least we are not Somalia and we mm-hmm. are not... We are not Eritrea and sure. we are not, you understand, we are not sure. Cameroon where yeah. you saw people being paraded and shot with babies on their backs. Mm. So I'm saying I agree that human rights would have been important. But because of the equation of BRICS, we are in it because those three countries, those four countries need Africa. Mm. And they need it not because they are charitable. They need it because Africa has the resources they need in abundance, they want and unfortunately, I listened to Ian and he's an economist. Sure. The deals that we are making are mm. still skewed against us. Mm. And chances are they come with somebody exploiting our minerals even more in return for an infrastructure. Let's, let me close by saying, mm. and Ian will tell you, yeah. Telcom, ESCOM was already, what, 30 billion in the red. red yeah. Now, to give them 2 billion, to me, is not something to make a song and dance about. You know, it's, this, this is an indebted state-owned enterprise that has mm. bigger problems than just capitalization. Okay, we're going to come back to that. I want you, Ian, to to really respond to some of those uh, issues that were brought forward by both uh, Victor and uh, Jennifer. I want to get your insights on that. But let's go for a quick break as we look back at the BRICS summit, trying to contextualize it uh, post uh, uh, the gathering last week. Uh, We were there and so much was uh, happening. We thought, hey, let's uh, uh, just bring some experts uh, back together today and uh, try to look back at it and reflect on some of the outcomes comes at the BRICS gathering. Remember, we're on uh, Facebook Live, so go to our Channel Africa page, and uh, that's our Channel Africa Facebook page, and uh, you can uh, see us live in our cramped studio. We're all in here uh, making, uh, really trying to unpack the real, real issues on the ground that took place last week at BRICS. Let's take a quick one. We'll be back after this. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gones Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Well, you are listening to African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama, this hour. From Monday to Thursday, we bring you experts to really try to contextualize the big issues of the African continent. And today, we're looking back at the BRICS Summit. A lot happened. We're trying to sum it up uh, today and trying to look back at uh, uh, the situation. Ian, what are your thoughts? That, that, That was some of the concerns, especially with the China deal. The fact that people were questioning the the credibility and the integrity of actually the portion of that uh, investment uh, going uh, to uh, a peristatal such as ESCOM um, due to the fact that we haven't seen that state institution being very credible, especially when it comes uh, to its uh, uh, financial history. It's already suffering from a, a deeper deficit, as was highlighted by Victor. Some people saying it was an irresponsible move 
approved by South Africa and also by BRICS. Well, if you ask me about a general view, mm. as an economist, sure. despite working for one of the homes of liberalism in South Africa, mm. Institute of Race Relations, mm. I've got to, to quote President Clinton. If you can't answer a question, just say, it's all about the economy. <laughs> but that's true. That is correct. Because without a viable economy, and ours has not been going that way recently, mm -hmm. but without a viable economy, you haven't got a, a, a viable work area mm -hmm. in which you can then introduce, improve uh, uh, s social rights and what we would call uh, human rights. Mm. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a question of affordability too. Mm. One can't go to Eritrea or a country which, which nobody knows quite where it is on the map and mm. say, human rights. They say it's survival rights. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what counts. Mm. You mentioned the, 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 the beggar on, on, on Joe Slover <coughs> Drive. You know, it's existence. Mm. Don't speak to them about democracy. So I think we've just got to be sure to say the fact that there's been a recognition that we may possibly be an investment area, two billion rand is quite a lot in our, is a heck of a lot in our terms, but in global aid terms it may not be that much. And I think this is it. Let's take that bite. Let's take that small offer. You know, uh, a slice of bread is better than no bread. And I think really this, this is the, the, the way to look at it. It's progress. It's a move in a direction from which we can grow social improvement mm. and I think that that is what's going to benefit the people of South Africa the people of who are members of BRICS and the African continent mm. we've got to look at it from a home-based point of view and as the African continent which counts we are still rightly or wrongly looked at as being the gateway to Africa, Africa yeah. from an economic point of view mm. that gives us the, uh, the the opportunity to have a social interaction to have a social emphasis mm. uh, where we can hopefully improve the lot of the people of Africa and that's, that's why I would say, uh, yes, there are strings attached to every commercial proposition. Mm. But let's us say, just because it's offered doesn't mean we have to take it. Let's try and say what suits us, mm. and we will go for that, and leave it at that. And that, Ascom, do you, what are your thoughts of it? Do you think it was it's healthy for us? Well, we're in a state, you know, when, mm. when somebody is, is, has got a, a, term, a, a disease which is terminable, mm. um, you know, Anything, any chance of life mm. is important. Mm. We are bust or close to it as a country. Mm. Let's take this and provided the terms are acceptable, sure. provided the repayment can be made mm. without plunging us into even more darkness sure. uh, th from an economic point of view, then I, th I think that we've got to consider it. You know, there are not a lot of, of, of banks who open their doors mm. to South Africa. Mm. Hopefully we can encourage the opening of doors mm. to other members of BRICS and do this together. Victor, you want to say something? I wanted to say exactly the point on that. Mm. Let's make the terms that suit us. And that's the weakness of Africa mm. as a whole. Mm. There's no reason, by the way, why we need to borrow $2 billion from China. F frankly, if you consider what minerals and resources we have, right? If, if, you, if you consider how much Africa has in its belly, we don't need to borrow anything from anybody mm. if we just knew how to manage the resources we have. Mm. Right? So I'm saying let's make the terms. Secondly, let's start telling China and Brazil and India and, and to stop making bilateral trade agreements mm. with individual African countries. Because what that does, it weakens the African Union. Yeah. On his way to South Africa, Premier Xi Jinping yeah. stopped in Senegal, in mm. Mauritius, in Uganda and in, in Rwanda. Mm. Funny, three of those leaders, I think, were here. Yeah. 
The question is, why didn't he say, oh, I'll see you in Johannesburg? Mm. Because he knew he had to cut a deal before coming down sure. here. And he chose for himself which other countries. Now, you have a deal with Rwanda. Mm. The East African community is weakened. Mm. It might be good for Rwanda, yes. But then the East African community cannot negotiate with that collective momentum that they would have. If, and that's where I wish South Africa would use its sophistication to say, guys, we are South Africa, but we are Africa. Let's be as multilateral and as collective as possible. I listened to Premier saying, hey, discourage multi, uh, unilateralism. Mm, well, mm. he has to say that because mm. there's, there's his big brother mm. or his counterpart in Donald Trump mm. exchanging blows and they're they are getting protectionist and then they mm. get in this and mm. So he needs somewhere else to get his goods duty-free or to get his, do, his goods without being penalized. And already as it is, I don't know how many of us have Chinese phones here. Mm. Or sure, even if they are not Chinese, they probably they are some parts is they are manufactured in China. There, yeah. So mm. he needs that. And that's why he will open all these holes in the African Union to make sure that he can continue to pump whatever. The same is India doing, the same Brazil is doing. And I'm saying, unless we wise up to that, we will continue mm. to be played. Jennifer, naturally, we're doing exactly what you were saying earlier on. The conversation is now central yeah. to economics. Yeah, and I just want to bring it back to um, what both Ian and Victor have said. They both kind of use this term survival rights. Mm. Now, for me, survival rights are human rights, mm. or the reason why we're having to coin this term survival rights is because we're experiencing a denial of our human rights. Mm. If we had our human rights, we wouldn't have to be, you know, clutching at straws and trying to survive. Mm. Human rights, and, and I hear you talk about, you know, okay, human rights are important, they really need to be, you know, thought of, but the bigger picture is economic development. No, human rights are a necessary condition for development, not a desired outcome. Mm. You cannot, you know, if I take if I take education, mm. the right to quality education, you know, South Africa has managed to do quite well in terms of providing education, not quality education. If you have the majority of your population being denied access to quality education, who are going to be your next your entrepreneurs? Mm. Who are going to be your next businesswomen? Mm. Who are you going to be... You know, the next people spurring that economic development. So how would you want to see BRICS actually approaching things? I think that, <coughs> firstly, they should have used this platform to really, you know, it's... <laughs> but it's like almost like self-criticism, and it, I don't see that actually happening uh, when countries... Sure. China could deal with human rights by making sure that the factories they build all over... Mm observe basic conditions of employment mm. in the countries they do. Sure. They don't bring their prisoners as it's alleged they are doing in certain countries. Mm. They can make sure they observe human rights. <laughs> so yes, in that sense, those human rights are a condition. And by the way, China is giving one basic human right to its people and that's education and they are doing it exceptionally mm. well. Mm. So perhaps I agree with Jennifer as far as we can distinguish between these rights. Denying somebody access to safety, mm. Mm. to to education to healthcare is not something we can ever promote we mm. are just saying if china says we are educating we are producing 10000 engineers every year because we believe that's the way we're going to work our way out of poverty but we still have the death sentence mm. you know they executed people for corruption last week right they executed some mayor or some official mm. 
for. So we don't agree with execution of people. But on the other hand, they are saying, well, in due course, by giving everybody education, maybe we won't need to execute anybody. Now, I'm not saying it's a trade-off. We can say, let's execute (laughs) if we'll get education. I'm saying they are running a country. Jennifer and and Ian here and myself haven't run a country. Mm. When you run a country, you juggle interests of more than just the lobbyists Mm. that talk about human rights Mm. and freedom and democracy. Mm. You have to make sure, because people who don't get fed, Mm. people who don't have education, are going to violate the human rights of the haves. And lastly, Mm. let's not forget our history. The countries we call developed today, Mm. all of them, all of them, were built on slave labor. Right, so and now they come and talk about human rights, and I'm saying, hey guys, let's level this conversation. Mm. We're not wanting slave labor to be like you, but mm. also acknowledge if you come to us and say we must lower the carbon emissions, we must do this, we must do that, we must mm. do this. You must acknowledge also that whatever you built, mm. you took our people and worked them to the bone. Mm to build the industrialized nation status that you enjoy today. Let's look at the world status with you, Ian, because that's where I think BRICS could be a new pathway for industrialization, not only just for the BRICS countries, but also it could actually uh, increase that uh, industrialization focus in the African continent uh, because we're seeing China interested in investing in the industrialization process of the continent in areas such as infrastructure. We know the continent really has that infrastructural deficit mm. a, a, as a whole. What are your thoughts? Because we saw um, countries from the continent later in uh, the last day of the summit uh, where there was an African dialogue and they seemed very keen, all these African countries, to get a buy-in in the BRICS formation. Yes, I think what we have to realize, you know, we keep on emphasizing the importance of China. Mm. Well, certainly, you know, it's 15% of the world economy against America being 25%. But that's a heck of a lot bigger than the next one after that. Mm. Um, what, what we have to say is, first of all, starting with China. China's not a democracy. Mm. They haven't even got a vote mm. per person. Mm. So I think it's very important to say, let's not just hold it up as a glowing beacon mm. of good Good management, clever management Mm. perhaps, but not necessarily fair to all. Mm. There's no doubt about that. If you don't live on the east-southeast coast of China, you might as well not be there as far as the overruling clique is concerned. Mm. So there is that. But look what they have done in the meantime. Mm. They've got a third of their population well-educated. That's better than going 50 years ago when it was a tiny percentage. Mm, mm. It's progress, and I think we have to take that and think, you know, Jenny has got some great ideals, Mm. but where's the money coming Mm, from? mm. Where's the money for the schools, the hospitals, Mm. the public services? That's what counts. Mm. That's why I say, hey, have a close look at this this, this potential loan we could Mm. get from China. Let's make sure, as Mm. Victor said, that we get it on terms which are acceptable. Mm. And remember what China wants most of all. And this is probably going to be from their fellow BRICS members, mm. and also from Africa. They want the basics. They want the base commodities f- through which they can grow their own industrialization. Mm. They don't necessarily want to grow industry in, 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 in Africa mm. or in the BRICS uh, uh, extensions sure, yeah. unless it suits them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what counts. And, and I think that, uh, you know, let's, let's go there with our eyes open. And as Victor said, let's take some of the terms mm-hmm. and make sure that they're acceptable. And if they are, 
rather go into this on a partnership basis. Mm. Let's build together rather than saying, what do we do best? Mm. Dig stuff out the ground and sell it in a non-beneficiated way as is. Mm. That applies to most of Africa. We've got to get out of that, that, that sort of, you know, uh, uh, not, 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 not performing to the maximum potential of the assets that we have. Those assets are underground, and we've got to, to try and, and move that along. Industrialization sounds grand. It may take a bit of a while to get there. But in the meantime, let's use that, that cash, improve the economy. Be, be able to provide education mm. and medication and mm. social services. Mm. That will give us a base from which all people can have a fair benefit. Well, I'm going to come back to the benefits of how Africa can actually benefit from the BRICS formation. I know um, um, the Rwandan president, Paul Kagame, cited the African continental free trade at the BRICS uh, um, summit. How would that actually actually fold into the dynamic of uh, BRICS. We saw a lot of appeals being made uh, by African states last week where people were saying we do have something to offer uh, as a continent as a whole and not necessarily in various silos, but each country can actually contribute something uh, to the BRICS formation. What could that be? We'll ask that question to you, Victor, after this break. 